When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. You are listening to The Blue Room. It is our weekly show, a day later than usual, because uh, obviously the top news were in action last night. Uh, if you haven't checked out the instant match reaction from that game against Fleetwood, uh, do go back and listen to that. Myself, Mark Mosey, and Rob Vera uh, doing our analysis on the game. A uh, day on, almost 24 hours on. We'll probably get some more considered analysis from our guests today. Uh, Mike Asher is here. Mike, how are you? All right, I'm all right. It's nice watching Everton win 5-2 again. It'd be nice to get used to that, wouldn't it? Absolutely, mate. Uh, si Magnus here as well. Si, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, it's uh, always a sunny day after the Blues win, isn't it? Well, it's been absolutely battering down over, over in Liverpool today, mate. I know it's always, I know it's always sunny on the world, like, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's, it's, it's based on perspective, mate, isn't it? There you go, there you go, yeah. And uh, Sarah Halpin joins us as well. Uh, just had a lot of fun and games with Sarah trying to set up a phone stand <laughs> before we came, came on today. Kept disappearing, phone kept falling over. Uh, but she is here just about. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you, mate. I'm sorry if I'm at a little bit of a weird angle. My phone's sort of <laughs> doing a little, uh, got a little angle going on at the moment. But I'm here and I'm happy with, uh, like Mike said, that back-to-back 5-2 wins, you can get used to this. Yeah, I sort of got the impression that you sat there at home with your head tilted to the side, just to sort of level out the, the camera a little bit. A, li- a little bit. I might just get like a shave long out or something <laughs> and just uh, really get comfortable here, to be honest with you. <laughs> fair dues, fair dues. Why not? Well, everyone is very relaxed about Everton at the moment, aren't they? Maybe not completely relaxed last night at points in the game uh, because of a certain Jordan Pickford. We'll come on to speak about him. And that performance, of course, um, as a whole, we'll look ahead to the game against Crystal Palace at the weekend, which is a top-of-the-table clash. It's a, it's a big one. It's really exciting, uh, I think, to see where Everton have come from. That's on Saturday and on Sunday as well. Uh, Everton, uh, Willie Kirk and his team, really informed team, are up against Chelsea in the FA Cup at Goodison Park. That should be a, a fascinating one as well. So we'll get Sarah's thoughts on that as well. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with the game last night. Si, I'll come to you first, mate, before... Getting Sarah and Mike's thoughts on it. What, what did you make of the, the, the performance overall? Um, probably 80-90% of it. Everton were really good, weren't they? Yeah, really. Uh, first half was, you know, it, it was a really good performance. Um, try, try not to 
to get too much carried away with with the performance uh, last night. I mean, it was only Fleetwood at the end of the day. No disrespect to them, but you know, we these these teams uh, and and Salford in the previous round as well are teams that we should really be dispatching without any problems. Um, but you know, we have come up against um, some issues against you know in this cup particularly and and these teams in the past. So it's good to see uh, not just the manager take take the competition seriously with the the team selection yesterday. Um, Bit of a mix between you know the the uh, first eleven and uh, some of the players on the periphery, but also the players to take it seriously as well. Um, for the most part, um, but it was it was a it was a good all round performance. I think there was some standout performances in particular, and uh, I'm glad to see um, those standout performances and and the goal scorers getting on the the, the, the score sheet as well. Sarah, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was made up and, you know, what, what Sai says is right about it being a lower league opposition. But for me, actually, that was kind of a, a really big thing. I feel like in previous seasons, Fleetwood Town away a week after we beat Salford, you know, th- that could have been a banana skin. And, and when you look at the goals we conceded as well, I mean, to go in very, very comfortable at half time to concede that, well, give away uh, two goals as well in the second half. I think our heads probably would have gone uh, previously and we would have made it really difficult for ourselves. But yeah, just, you know, it it was a a team two divisions below, but we just were fantastic. And it's some of the movement, some of the passages of play, the way we are able to rotate the squad, um, the little mixture of, as you said, sort of second string team mixed with some of the the first team boys in there as well. That shows that we are taking this competition seriously. You know, we wanted to get the job done. Um, and we did and yeah just thoroughly enjoying watching Everton play some lovely football at the moment and uh, Niels or Niles and Kunku at left back as well just just to just to see his performance alone last night was an absolute joy to be honest with you Hmm. Mike Um, enjoyable is probably the right word I think I haven't seen Everton dispatch a lower league team as they should have like that for quite a long time for the most of that match but as per usual I think we go back to an existing problem that we've seen for a long time which is Jordan Pickford sending the absolute willies up the rest of the players in that in that (laughs) team just it reminded me a lot of um, a Watford game at um, Vicarage Road a few years ago where Jordan Pickford has a shaky five minutes the entire team wobbles and House of Cards comes crashing down Um, Fortunately, there was enough desire, enough commitment in that team to actually move forward in this game. And I think I sat back and I was looking at those sorts of cup ties without fans. And I was thinking to myself, it really does help the Premier League sides, those sorts of occasions, just without fans. Hmm. Just It seems to be so much more of a procession. You wonder how much that extends into the Premier League as well with the bigger teams and the little teams. But all in all, you can't complain, can you? Five goals, five goals scored. Players seem like they're putting in efforts. Players trying to give the manager a migraine, which I thought was a very strange choice of words. <laughs> like, but let's not try and just incapacitate yeah. Carlo Ancelotti before next weekend, please. Let's not do that. Do you know but, what? Yeah. It's, it's almost there. It's just like, I don't want to say the cliche, so I'm going to think of another word for headache. He just yeah. went, Mike. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, he's, he's gone a bit far there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike, interrupted you. No, no, done. Fully enjoyable. Can't knock it. John Pickford must do better. There you go. Well, let, let's let's speak about that now. And anyone who's watching this on 
on YouTube, let us know your thoughts on the goalkeeper and effectively what, what happens with him now. Um, I'll come to you again, Sai, on this one. Um, when Mike said there, he was talking about the, you know, Everton potentially losing the plot a little bit in the game because of a mistake the goalkeeper made. He was going to say, it reminds me of the game where it, it, I was thinking to myself then, he could have probably said three, four, five, six games now where this sort of thing's happened, you know. There's a Newcastle away game, which we lose 3-2 after being 2-0 up, and you know, he has a bit of a meltdown. There's the one at home uh, against Newcastle as well. And, you know, I sort of put something similar to what Mike said there on, on Twitter last night, and there are any examples of this where the goalkeepers made a costly mistake, just knocked the whole team off course, or had the potential to knock the whole team off course. And unfortunately now, it's, you know, it, it's not a huge surprise when we see things like this from Jordan Pickford, is it? No, and, and to be honest with you, I'm... I'm I'm really reluctant to, to, lay, to, to criticise goalkeepers as a whole too much because purely uh, the situation that they find themselves in in terms of if any, any other outfield players, if they make a mistake, they've, probably, they've got you know, nine other players around them to, to, you know, to, to pick up the pieces and to, to help them out. Um, it's, the, it's, it's the goalkeepers that you know, if they make a mistake, it, it, it's, it's usually quite bad and it's, you know, the focus is, is massive. Um, I remember when Pickford first came to, to Everton and um, I, was, I was told um, by Sunderland fans to um, have patience with him. He's prone to mistakes, he's prone to the odd hours, but uh, overall he's a, a very good keeper and he's got potential to, um, to, to grow into you know, a world-class keeper. My concern is that exactly what you just said is that you know, it's, it's, it's now you, you're starting to talk about this on a regular basis. And um, one of my concerns around Pickford is maybe he doesn't have that um, that competition of places uh, that other that you see in other places who are, uh, other players sorry step up to the mark now um, to to try and stamp their authority on on the team. Uh, you've got the likes of Bernard and Iwobi yesterday who were you know um, putting in really good shifts. Um, and, and Conco as well, who you know could stake probably stake a yeah. claim, especially if we've got some issues at you know at centre half. But there's there's literally no one there that can really oust Jordan Pickford from 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 um, from in between the sticks. And I'm wondering if that sort of complacency has got something to do with um, you know with uh, his attitude going into those games, and maybe um, you know it has been spoken about before about his uh, his cockiness around. Um, you know when he when he's made a mistake or and, and he's gotten away with it, um, maybe it's that fact that he, he knows that there's no one there to, to to that realistically can can you know take his place. He's you know he's he's almost guaranteed first name on the team sheet because you know purely because there's there's, there's no one better. So I wonder if if he does need just a little bit more competition, whether that will bring out a better version of Jordan Pickford. Um, I'm confident that whatever decision Carlo Ancelotti makes is it will be the right one for, you know, for the football club and for the player. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to see where it goes. But it, as, as far as the team this season is concerned, I'm not hugely concerned. But it is something that we do need to be very wary of. I think. Do, do you know what, Sarah? So I make some some really interesting points there about Pickford and and what could potentially go wrong and. You know, sort of strolling through social media around the comments we had on our instant match reaction last night, and there are a lot of people saying similar things. There's a lot of people who say that he's far too overconfident and he's, he's too cocky and believes in himself too much. 
There's others saying that he's got no confidence whatsoever, and and that's shot now, and he, you know, that's why he's he's, he's playing poorly. You know, some people saying about the defence at times, you know, people blaming Michael Keane, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It just feels as though while we know this lad's talented and has, has done well for us in the past, the the list of excuses for him is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're at a point now where you could point to between five and ten particular things. You could say, well, that's why Jordan Pickford's not playing particularly well. Does it come to a point where you've just got to say, maybe it's him. Maybe, maybe it's just this lad not being focused enough, maybe not good enough. Yeah, I mean, it is a concern. Again, last night, as we said, I mean, it's not the best pass back is it from Michael Keane but it's something that should be being dealt with relatively you know simply and comfortably and yeah it just seems to happen again and again doesn't it it's obviously not the conversation we want to be having after another good win last night it's like <coughs> tainted by these these errors again and yeah you know I think that's a really interesting point Matt as well about you know we people talk about him being overconfident and on the on the verge of cocky and, and arrogant but could it be a, a, a massive lack of confidence at the moment and, and panic and fear of making these mistakes? And, um, you know, I think he was visibly a bit rocked after the first one yesterday as well. And obviously the second goal, um, firstly, his positioning, coming out to get it, then backtracking and the ball was hit right at him and he sort of made a bit of a meal of it. So, yeah, things have got to turn around. And, and like Sai says as well, if anyone's going to do it, if anyone knows what they're doing, it, it's the manager that we've got now. And, um, I'm sure he'll be looking at that situation and, and talking to Jordan as well about, you know, what went wrong there, what he needs to do. Because, um, you know, that, that when he first came here, he was, he was brilliant, wasn't he? But everything looks so good at the moment, but you've always got that kind of heart in your mouth feeling of, you know, when a, when a ball's whipped into the box, when someone's going in on goal, like, is it is it going to be dealt with or is there going to be a, a, a howler or a mistake or error in there? So right now that, that is our main concern, isn't it? You know, the goals going in at the back. So yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't know the answer to that one. I, I think it'd be good to get a keeper in definitely. I know we were linked for a little while with Romero from Manchester United. That seems to have all gone very quiet, but um, yeah. And like Sai says, having competition because Jao Virginia, um, not seen hardly any of him, have we? And, there's no one to really to really push him or give him a break if he needs a little break out the team to get himself sorted or whatever. So, yeah, um, we'll have to wait and see what Carlo does there. But definitely uh, causes for concern again, which isn't what you want to see. Mike? I think if money was no object, then Carlo Ancelotti would probably go out and buy a goalkeeper. But unfortunately for Everton, money is not no object. There are other issues there financially that Everton have to overcome this year. It's quite evident. Um, I think it'll be a case of that Everton still have a lot to lose with Jordan Pickford. There is still so much they've put behind that lad in terms of investments that they can't quite write him off just yet. It's all well and good if you're Chelsea and you have the revenue streams to just go, yeah, we can spend a world record fee on a goalkeeper and then just, well, you know what, doesn't work out, doesn't matter, we'll go and buy another one, no issue. Everton aren't at that level of FFP secureness to go out and just be able to do that. It can completely knacker and derail a season or a team. I think what Everton will be hoping for is that the solidity of the defensive unit and the newly formed midfield unit 
will limit the amount of Jordan Pickford mistakes that there inevitably will be this season. You're not going to just become a sensational goalkeeper overnight. The infuriating thing is we know there is a semi half decent sensible goalkeeper in there because he won player of the season didn't he in his first year here he was a very solid addition to the team but <clears throat> trying to re regather that or regroup that out of him the only way that Everton are going to be able to do that is by taking the limelight off him somewhat and you just hope that those midfield additions and a newfound solidity at the back will actually help just Give him games, maybe like, maybe like Spurs to an extent where he is under pressure, but he's not absolutely bombarded with chances constantly because he was very good against Spurs. Yeah. West Brom, I can't. I know people will blame him for the, the first goal, but for me, it's not really that much he can do. It's not really his fault. And the second one, obviously, is a world-class strike from a free kick from 30 yards out. You can never really have a go for that. So it's only really this game that we've seen the Jordan pick for the bold and. You do just hope that two out of three, if it's going to come round every three or four games, it's going to hinder Everton getting to the top four or whatever the highest aim is Everton have for this season. But you would hope with all that newfound solidity that they can still push for European football. Do you think, I'll come back to you on, on this one, Mike, for, for getting everybody else's thoughts. Is, and I know what you're saying in regards to FFP and, and all that and Everton, of course, I've got to be frugal in some aspects because they've spent money on and you know high-profile players already this summer. Is there not a situation where you could go and get, maybe not Ben Foster, but a Ben Foster-ish veteran goalkeeper who you could at least say, all right, they might not come in and usurp Pickford quickly, but if Pickford has a game like he had last night or he has a game like he had towards the back end of last season against Wolves, where you could just, you could, there's some accountability then where you're not terrified to bring somebody in to replace him for a game. Just by measure of saying, you haven't played well, so therefore you don't play again next week, as would probably happen in any other position in the squad. Absolutely. And if that sort of deal is on the table, Everton do have to go for that. And like I said in the summer, my choice would be to go and get Ben Foster before he signed that deal at Watford to keep him there for another year. It would have been perfect for Everton to just get him on a one or two year deal. But there's not many of them half-decent solid keepers about who you could just ask to come in and do that sort of job, unfortunately. If Everton can go and find one, I don't think you're going to be able to go and get someone like Sergio Romero on loan because I don't see United just going, yeah, go on, take him on loan for a bit. They'll want what, a proper fee for him. What about someone like Tom Heaton at Villa? Who's still injured and probably not going to be back until when. Oh, is he injured? Okay. Uh, he's, I think yeah. he's still injured from that. Um, did he do a ligament injury about January last year? Keep him right. out probably. Not, not him then. Not him. <laughs> well, he, 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 do you know what? If he comes back in like November, suddenly you're sat and saying, okay, then that's a half-decent option. But again, that's the sort of keeper you are looking for, someone who is experienced, who could do a job, but isn't going to cost you the world, and you can only have for a year and then send them right back to where they came from. Yeah, just a few comments on, on Pickford. Um, two for you said, I think a big reason we keep playing Pickford is because of his distribution. Uh, our loss of Virginia really that bad. They never get a chance. Uh, Dan uh, Ferrugi, I think I'm pronouncing that right, mate, saying, I'd like to go and buy a new keeper, but there are other positions in the squad that need addressing first, centre-half being one of them. If a club comes in and we can make our money back, do it. I mean, do, do you look at the squad currently signed, say centre-half is still a top priority? Still, you still say that's top priority? I think so. Um, I, I think going into... Uh, going into the summer, uh, I say the summer, uh, going into the, the window, I guess, I think uh, mid midfield was sort of, you know, it was 
uh, you know, that was the, the the main issue, um, and that's been addressed. Uh, I think there were there were some concern, not concerns, just some question marks over Calvert Lewin and his ability to convert into a fifteen to twenty goal uh, season striker. Uh, I think the, the way he's approached the season from from the start, I don't think we might not have that to worry about. To be honest with you, um, because he's you know he's a, a third or a quarter of the way there already. So um, yeah, I think my 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 one of my big concerns was was the center center half position because I I'm not a big fan of the the, the three center halves that we've got there. To be honest with you, I don't think they. I think individually they they might be uh, one or two of them might have the ability to you know um, um, have a future at the club, but as a unit, as a you know as as a defensive pair, I, 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 you want them to sort of play off each other and have that you know yeah. that uh, understanding. And I don't feel that either Keane or Mina or Keane or Holgate or Holgate or Mina they, they they don't have that understanding going, and there is too many mistakes. And as Mike said before, what we should be trying to do is maybe to build up um, Pickford's confidence is to restrict maybe the amount of um, sort of shots and crosses and whatever come, that, that come into the box. And I, I think um, when we do, when, when we are on the back foot, there is still a bit of a nervy uh, issue there. And I, I think that's to do with the fact that we don't have that solid, uh, that, that solid defense, defensive line. Um, might be interesting to see what Diana can do, at, you know, centre back. Um, if 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 we've got the option of uh, Nkonku at left back, it gives it, it just gives um and Shorty, I guess, a bit of bit, bit of a migraine. Um, but you know, it's it's I, I do think that it's it's an area that we do need to um we do need to recruit into. But I think you know again going back to going back to Pickford and you know if we're, we're talking about um you know maybe. Pushing him for you know um, getting someone in to push for places. Remember when when Moyes first came in and he, he had um, Nigel Martin and Richard Wright in and, and two, yeah. two two goalkeepers that could probably but that would have been first team choices of you know maybe any any other team from our position downwards within the league and um, and and he managed to to, to juggle them um, for a good couple of years actually. I think it was around you talk about uh, three or four years that. That Martin was probably the, the first choice keeper, and, and Richard Wright was in the in the wings. So, I think there's there's definitely room for you know a second decent goalkeeper in there. But yeah, I do think the defence is 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 the main area that we should be looking at at the moment. Yeah, we need a modern day Nigel Martin, don't we? <laughs> that's that's a that's a good a good way of putting it. Uh, we do a yeah. lot for, do a lot for him. Uh, just a suggestion on Twitter there. Someone suggested uh, Toofy saying Gazaniga from Spurs. Give us a shout on YouTube for you not that good, but could be all right goalkeepers for us. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> Ones that we might be able to sign for a bit of a, a knockdown price or something like that. In the in the Gazaniga, use Gazaniga as your starting point around that sort of. Sort of level, but we'll move on to speak about the positive, Sarah. And you, you mentioned them there. And Niels and Kunku stole the show again. Man of the match on the club's official uh, Twitter account, and seen loads of videos today on on Twitter. They're doing little, you know, snapshots of his performance, some of the best moments he's, he's of his game, and he just doesn't look flustered, does he? You know, it's second game for the football club, and and he was magnificent again. And he's like a runaway train down that left hand side, isn't he? Oh, he's just a joy to watch. He is an absolute joy to watch. And 
it's so easy to get carried away and excited about players. I think one of the most obvious examples of that is Tom Davis's goal against Manchester City. And you look at the way in which that hasn't um, progressed the way we, we'd want it to. But this just looks, it's obviously a t- totally different position, totally different kind of player. Um, but And it's against lower league opposition, again, both his games. But it just looks unreal. And a player of that talent with that kind of, finesse and class in their game I think it doesn't matter who you play against you're not going to lose that um and he just looks so sharp some of the link-up play I mean the assists and you know the cheeky little back heels and ah, oh, the, the last assist as well for Moise Keane I, I lose track of all all the good things he did in that game because I feel like every minute he did something do you know what I mean there's, there's all these you could do a show reel of him from last last night alone and and probably sort him out get him a move to like Barcelona or Real Madrid or something not that we want that to happen he just looks fantastic um and really exciting you know we talk about the three big transfers if you like that came in obviously Alain Decore, James Rodriguez um Nkunku was there first and he didn't really get the proper um reveal and you know, all that kind of stuff when he signed because of the situation with COVID. Um, and obviously, a lot of us were just first hearing of him and, and learning about him. But my goodness, he looks like... He, I was going to say he looks like he could be the best deal there for 250 grand, but then we got Hammers Rodriguez for, for free, was it? So, <laughs> all round, just an excellent performance from him again. And somebody that I'm really looking forward to seeing you know, in the first team, hopefully, throughout the season. And he's got to put himself a case in um, for for Saturday's game, you know, to, to get on the start in 11 sheet. I think I think he, he could cause Palace some real problems. Yeah, I think that the biggest compliment I could probably put, pay him, Mike, is that, um, you know, two games into his Everton career and no one's pining for Leighton Baines, are they? Everyone's just really excited about this lad. Yeah, if there's one thing that Marcel Brand seems all right at doing, it's picking up half decent left backs, isn't it? He seems to have got a decent track record for that. Um, I'll be interested to see how how, how his defending is, to put it bluntly, because he hasn't had to do very much of that so far at all. Obviously, in preseason, didn't uh, two games against Salford and then against Fleetwood wasn't very much defending to do at all. Positions seemed relatively okay though. Saw a few little spots that obviously need adapting and need refining, but. If that lad can defend, then Jesus, they've got some player on their hands because going forwards, that's a sensational left back who's just ready for the Premier League right there. It's just the sort of fullback that you look at and it gives opposition fullbacks nightmares. And it's that sort of player who can take it on the outside, can take it on the inside, but he's always going to find something at the end of it. And the one thing that I absolutely love about it is the variation of crossing that he's got, whether it's that deep one right to the back post where it's just a swing ball just straight across the front post or he gets to the byline and plays in a lovely cutback or he back heels it to Moisey Keane very nonchalantly <laughs> all, all of it it's just the variation of the delivery is sensational for a lad of his age was he 19 at the minute hmm. new to a new country doesn't really speak the language that much I think that obviously has a very high ceiling. And even if he doesn't, he's definitely someone you look at in like, well, a year, two years, and there'll be healthy profit there for Everton at the very worst. So, all in all, excellent deal so far. Can't knock it. I think there's yeah, a couple of things that uh, <laughs> points from, from this is that um, if you look at um, previous, I suppose, uh, players that started out in a, in a fullback position that didn't really work out, and um, one comes to mind, particularly Gareth Bale, 
And then um, um, I, I think in, in the previous life, Calvert-Lewin was employed as like a <laughs> full-back wing or wing, wing-back or something ridiculous like that. So it does give options, for, like as Mike said, obviously there's, there's question marks over his uh, defensive ability. We haven't really seen him uh, put through his paces in, in, in that respect. But, you know, um, there are options for him as a, as a young player developing into, you know, not something that, you know, he's, he's currently pigeonholing. Uh, but also I think what's worth thinking about is, um, you know, you talk about late, the likes of Leighton Baines, but for me defensively, Leighton Baines wasn't an amazing defender. You know, he, he all his plaudits for that link play that he had on the left wing with, um, with, with certainly with Pienaar and his ability to you know, create chances and, and, and yeah, he had good, all right positional sense. But, you know, he wasn't uh, really well known for that as a, an exceptional defender. Um, although at, at, at same points throughout his career, he was probably the best left back in um, mm-hmm. in, in the country and maybe even Europe. Uh, so you know, there's there's also that to, to bear in mind as well for him. So you know, he, he has got the world at his feet at the moment, and he, it's a very exciting time for 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 us and for him as well. Yeah, I think it's in regards to the Premier League. I think I'd, I'd be surprised if he if he was starting games in the Premier League for 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 a while yet. But I do like the idea. Of him, maybe you know, it would try and get ahead in a game, and you just lash him on at left back. You put Dean in centre back for you know the, the last 10 15 minutes up against the tired right side. Maybe just say go and run right down that side, lad. You know, or maybe there's a situation there where you can look at where we can play a back three with Dean as a third centre back yeah. in playing as, as a left wing back. You know, all of a sudden it's it's gone from being the start of this window, even after we'd signed in Cuckoo to say, and we need to get a, a backup left back in to go and we've got a backup left back in and then some, and potentially someone who, who people are, are looking to, to, to get into the team in, in any way, shape or form because he's that exciting. Uh, Mike, are you going to make a point there? Yeah, I don't. I think I agree with you. I don't think it's worth getting completely carried away and thinking, right, we're going to lash him into the Premier League right now straight away. Obviously, he's got a lot of development still to go before he should be getting to that level because Premier League wingers and fullbacks are canny, experienced and current footballers and they'll find ways to exploit him and needs to be adapted and getting used to all those sorts of things in training anyway. So there is still quite a way to go for him, but it was lovely to see him adapt to the essence of English football so quickly. But I think it's worth mentioning another left-sided young player as well who did very, very well despite not being selected, Anthony Gordon. I think mm. leaving him out was just... It, it was pretty unfair for, for my liking. He was someone who should have been right into that starting eleven, And... This is someone who still hasn't got his first goal for Everton, but I'm in this really nice position where I'm not like, oh, he needs a goal. He needs a goal and he needs it now. Come on, get it this week, get it this week. doesn't matter to me because I know it's going to come because the lad is completely talented. doesn't matter if it's this week, if it's in six weeks, it's the end of the season, it will come. This is someone who, what, like not even a few months into his Everton career, has four assists already from that left-hand side with some absolutely cracking wing playing cutbacks just an excellent little footballer who is doing absolutely everything he can to get into that first team whether he started in the second 11 the, the, yeah, the first 11 or not doing <laughs> really well yeah I think that's that's a, a good thing about obviously sir we, before the Salford game when we were on we were speaking about do you rotate for these games or do you, do you keep it as it is and I suppose what Ancelotti's had now by rotating the squad and getting everybody involved pretty much is the You've got a situation there now where probably 90% of the players in that first team group of Finch Farm 
are in a really good spirit and feel like they're contributing to a side that's won four of the first four games. And if you just left players out who had another kick, maybe you got me strongest 11 in those games. You might have won, but there might have been a section of that group who maybe weren't happy, you know, in training. Morale might have been down a little bit. All of a sudden, can you imagine turning up at Finch Farm today? Everybody there in that first team group must have been buzzing because they're all getting a chance. They're all feeling as though they're in contention for minutes. And apart from a couple of exceptions, they're all playing pretty well. They are, you know, and, and players that for a long time fans have been quite disgruntled with as well. You know, last night I thought uh, Iwobi had a really good game. I thought that uh, Bernard was fantastic in that more central role as well. He, his performance is definitely worth a mention as well as Mike rightly says about Gordon. Fantastic young talent. Um, but yeah, I just it's just dead exciting isn't it because everybody is playing well like you say and that's what that's exactly what you want and exactly what you need you need to be having everybody in training feeling positive feeling like they're a part of you know they mightn't be guaranteed that they're going to be starting on the on the starting 11 every week but they know that they are going to be used and they're going to be beneficial to to this side whether that be in cup competitions in the league, you know, coming on as a substitute in league games, starting every night, whatever it's going to be. And I thought that mixture was really good as well. I think going with Salford, uh, the team he picks for Salford for the first game in the second round. But then yesterday I was pleased to see the likes of Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison in there as well, because shows were taking it seriously as well. We wanted to get that job done, wanted to get through, which we did, but also bringing out the best in these sort of, you know, fringe players as well. Um, yeah, even you know, Gilfie Sigurdsson and and John Joe Kenny, I think's done done very well as well. Um, yeah, it's it's great, and no doubt that is going to generate, as you said, a really positive kind of atmosphere at Finch Farm. And I think Everton, it's safe to say, hasn't been the happiest place to be um, for in recent years. There's there's been that kind of disconnect within the team, probably within you know management, players, fans. Um, and it's just great that everyone's kind of, you're always still going to get people having the odd whinge about certain things. But as a collective at the moment, I think everybody involved with the club, whether that be from the manager to players to fans, as I said, um, we all seem to be pulling in the same direction and, and enjoying Everton again. And it's great. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, wonderful stuff. Uh, just finally on, on last night, si, I'll come to you. Uh, anyone in particular that stood out for you, apart from the, the lads that we've, we've mentioned, I think Bernard was the one who mostly earned a lot of plaudits playing in that you know, mid, midfield three, tucked in off that left-hand side a little bit. Um, seems to really enjoy himself. And whenever Bernard plays, even though sometimes he's not productive and he can be frustrating, he always has a couple of moments in a game where you think, Oh, you, you are a joy to watch sometimes. You, you, you've got so much technical ability, looks so good with the ball <laughs> at his feet, and, and he makes things happen. Uh, anyone else for you? Um, well, there's, yeah, there's a couple of people. I mean, on the Bernard point, I think that's probably what frustrates people the most about, about players like Bernard is the fact that they have got the, that, that ability. And, it's, and unfortunately for us, in, in the last year or so, for Bernard, it's been more of a flash in the pan than... than um, you know, uh, consistent performances. Um, and maybe it is, you, you do need to start seeing them in more central positions. And I think with uh, the likes of Alan and Decore in there, um, it, it, it allows, um, you know, the likes of Gomez and, and Bernard to maybe switch up. And this, this is something that I, I like to see, especially with the, the likes of Awobi, who I was impressed with as well last night. Um, it is, and, you know, going back to Nkonku is, is, 
last season and maybe even the season before, Everton very one-dimensional and uh, very much plan A, but no plan B. If things go our, our way, then great. But if they don't, we didn't really have a, an opportunity to, to mix it up. And that's why it's so good to see these, these players coming in, putting in good shifts, taking these games seriously. It's not like it's not... Uh, you can you can see why big players would would maybe feel a little bit insulted by having to play against yeah. lowly Fleetwood Town, but no, they're actually taking it seriously. The um, you know they want to impress the manager, and and you know they're happy to get that game time, and it shows that Everton do have that ability to you know if if like you were saying about Nkunku throwing them down the you know the left that left wing in the last ten fifteen minutes yeah. to get uh, right backs and stuff like that. You've got Bernard who can come in and you can be. You know, if things aren't going our way in the field, can be a bit tricky. You've got Iwobi, you can, you know, do a job on the right wing. I was I made up to see Moyes again, uh, Keane score last night. Uh, I think there's a player in him, and it just hasn't for whatever reason clicked. Um, but so I'm, I'm I'm made up that he he scored the goal. It was a it was a lovely it was a lovely goal. It was a lovely setup, but and it, and it was well taken as well. Um, because players low on confidence can miss those opportunities. So. Um, it, it was a nice taking goal, and just all, all all over. Like for especially the first half, I thought we played really well. Um, you know, even from from the keeper to the centre forward, I think the first half was a really really good performance from Everton, and and, and I, I, I can't really sort of we had the standout performances, but I can't really criticise in the first half. And and again, I suppose in the second half, um, the mistakes aside. The rest of the team showed the tenacity and, and yeah. the ability to, you know, not let the heads drop to get back in it. Uh, there was some, you know, after uh, goals conceded, there were there was a quick replies as well. Uh, so it was just it was good to see. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. We'll come on to speak about the game against Crystal Palace and what we potentially do with the team for that uh, shortly. Uh, let us know you, if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, would you just go with the same eleven that starts the first two Premier League games? Or would you mix it up a little bit? Uh, but first of all, we're going to go to the game on Sunday at Goodison Park, which is Everton and the women's team up against Chelsea in the FA Cup. Uh, Sarah, obviously, huge game this. Shame it's not at Goodison Park where fans can go, obviously, because it feel like it'd be a, a real occasion. Uh, but in terms of big games this team have had, certainly under, under Willie Kirk, is, is this the biggest one they've had under his tenure, would you say? It's certainly right up there, Matt. I mean, the fact that it's going to be at Goodison Park, the fact that it is an FA Cup quarterfinal, you know, if we if we do manage to get the win, which would be a massive, massive ask because Chelsea are, you know, the reigning champions and and just absolutely destroying teams so far this season. They they look unbelievable. Um, but if, if we can get through that, then we'll face um, Brighton or Birmingham in the, in the next round of fixtures and, you know, if we get through that, which I would expect us to, then we're looking at a, an FA Cup final at Wembley. So it's a massive occasion. Devastated for the girls that that the fans aren't going to be there. Obviously, we had a couple of games scheduled that had to called off firstly because of the bad weather, and then obviously COVID. They, we were due to have the derby at Anfield, and that had sold out with fans. There was obviously a huge mm. hunger for to be there from our fans and desire to go and watch them play. And now more so than ever with the business we've done over the summer. We've got one of the best-looking squads in the in the top flight of, of women's football in this country, and yeah, really up for this and a, a massive, massive game that I'm sure. Well, I know our girls are, are are really looking forward to it, and they've got the belief that we can we can get this done and and get through to the semi-finals. So huge game at Goodison, and uh, 
hopefully we'll see see the blue girls sticking sticking some in the back of the Gladys Street net. That'd be that'd just be brilliant. Really looking forward to it. Well, you say there, Sarah. So they're coming off the back of a half decent win against Spurs, aren't they? And they go into that game against Chelsea, and Chelsea are like the Harlem Globetrotters. They're absolutely <laughs> battering teams. How do you fancy the chances going into this? I do very much feel like if we're going to get through, we've got to just be on our absolute A game. You know, there is no room for error. Uh, Chelsea, in terms of their forwards, well, from throughout the whole pitch, they, they, they're just, like you said, they're, they're like the, the, the Galacticos, if you like, of, of women. They're amazing. Um, so if we, if we make any mistakes, they, they are the team that will punish you. So we've got to be on our absolute best. And, you know, maybe you just get the rub of the green sometimes in these games. Um, try and keep their forwards quiet. But yeah, I, I think we can definitely do it. But it is definitely, it's unnerving when you see them dispatching teams 9-0. I'm not going to lie to you, you know. And, and, you know, although we've, we've won both our games yet to concede a goal, um, yeah, when you see score lines like that, I think, as you said earlier, uh, Mike, it puts the willies on you a little bit. Yeah. But uh, no, I think, I, I believe our girls can get it done. And hopefully, you know, the, the occasion and get into play in the beautiful stadium that is Goodison Park as well, despite there being no fans there, hopefully they'll get that Everton spirit in them. And, you know, I hope that all Blues will be watching. You can stream it for free as well. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they can feel the support. And long way of answering that question, but yes, we can do it. <laughs> but we have to be at our best. <laughs> there you go. The, the, well, the, the, men, the men and the women are going to win every game this season. We should just say that now. I mean, it's why not? Gone, mate. It's already yeah. gone. I'm used to this now, and it's great. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, Sarah's already looking at where she's going to be staying at Wembley for the final uh, <laughs> in, a, in a few weeks' time. But uh, yeah, like Sarah said, it's going to be streamed. We're going to be streaming that as well. So there's loads of reasons to watch it, uh, and hopefully a day earlier. Everton's men's side have done the business at Crystal Palace as well. Of course, uh, going into this one, both teams have won their first two games. Uh, si, I'll, I'll come to you first on this. Uh, do you make any changes from the eleven that beat Spurs and beat West Brom? No, not unless it, it, it's forced. Um, I think if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it. Um, and, I, and I think it's a it's 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 a game that we really should be we should be winning. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Crystal Palace. The the the, the win um, against United at the weekend was a was a fantastic win. But at the end of the day, uh, I can't really see. Other than uh, Zaha, I can't really see too much of a of a problem for us. I think I think that these are these are games that we we really should be you know not really worrying about. Uh, we they should be victories for us. But you well, know these have been got banana skins for us in the past. Going back to we talk about um, the the League Cup performances and stuff like that. It's, it's I guess it's new territory for for a, a new sort of newish t- squad if you will um, it's a good test for them yeah I think that's 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 an interesting way you're putting it actually Mike because we, this, this Everton team is going to feel still does feel very new when we're seeing those those lads come back into the side at the weekend whereas Palace I think the reason why they've been effective at the start of this season maybe while other teams haven't quite hit the rhythm it's just you just you know that that 11s feels like it's been in place for about two or three years now doesn't it you know they've obviously brought in <laughs> Uh, as uh, you think's a, a real talent, but you sort of expect him to be on the bench at the weekend. Back to why he's back again, but you can sort of guarantee what their their eleven is going to be before they set out on the pitch, and and that that's how they play, and that's what they're about, isn't it? That cohesion and that togetherness. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what's served uh, Roy Hodgson so well there over the seasons that he has been there. Is 
they by hook or by crook get to the end of season objective and complete it quite easily. Like I can't really remember them being involved too much in a proper relegation scrap, which let's be honest, they really were before Hodgson was there. He's done quite all right with those set of players. Um, I don't like playing Crystal Palace. Do not like it. I just there is something about the dynamism of their forwards that I just don't like with our centre-backs. It just seems to clash so much with what our centre-halves are comfortable with, especially the two that will play at the weekend. But I think I haven't <coughs> seen a Palace game. Obviously, we watched the Palace-United um, game together, Matt. I haven't seen a Palace performance like that look that good for quite a long time. But then you contrast that with the Southampton game the week before, which they were very, very lucky to win in, in truth. And you don't really know what to expect with, from them in that respect. You don't know if you're going to get that sort of classic, almost lower mid-table team, right? We've won two. Let's take our foot off the gas for a little bit. We can relax a little bit now. Or whether they're going to really push on in that sort of anti-West Brom way of being like, no, no, we're onto something here. We are going to keep going. I'm a little bit at odds at what to expect. But like you've said the other day, Matt, it, this is the acid test. This is the one where you go away and you win this game and you keep pushing on towards, and that's five out of five wins. And suddenly you're looking in a very, very healthy position going into what will be a very hectic schedule going forwards. Hmm. Yeah, I think it, I think for me, sir, I you know, agree with what Cy was saying in regards to the selection. I'd be very, very surprised if it was anything other than the 11 we've seen in the Premier League so far. But ha. How would you like to see Everton approach this? Because I'm sort of torn on this a little bit because part of me is thinking we're very confident. We beat West Brom. Let's go there and push up, press them high and try and assert our authority on the game because Everton are ultimately the better side. But then you think about what Mike said there and the way they played against Manchester United last week who tried to do exactly that against them. And they were just like, well, yes, yeah, Sam, we'll do that. We'll sit in. And then when we win it back, we're just going to knock it to those dead dynamic forwards we've got and hit you in the space time after time after time. I think Everton have got to be, be careful in the way in which they go about it. But I think, I think maybe what I'm trying to say is that I think if they go for one of those two approaches, they've got to fully commit to it. I don't want to see them twixt in between on the day, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly right. You know, we, we want to go there and, you know, ideally I, I want to see us try and try and go all at Palace and, and, and stamp our authority on the game and go there. And, you know, especially with the new players that we've got. And as you say, it will likely be that it should be the same starting eleven that we've had. So that would mean Alain Decore and James are back in there. Um, I don't think we can talk down enough, like the, the impact they have on the team. Um and Crystal Palace, you're quite right. The performance against Manchester United, they looked fantastic. And I thought, I'm really not looking forward to playing them next weekend. And, you know, I, I'm not really, to be honest with you. It's not a game that I'm looking forward to, but it is a massive game. I think if we do go on to win this, um, then people really, you know, people are starting to talk about it, starting to look at Everton in a different light, and rightly so as well, with, with the manager and the players that are coming in. But it is the acid test. If we can go there and win... Um, that puts us in, in excellent stead when you look at the fixtures that are to follow as well. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see us go there and, and commit to, to going up at Palace from the get-go and, and trying to get a, get a goal in the game, get ahead and uh, go from there. But one thing we all know is Carlo Ancelotti with his tactics. He can adapt, he can change. And although the starting eleven will likely, likely be the same, we'll have to wait and see how he approaches the game in terms of attacking it and... Uh, yeah, I just hope that we can continue this excellent form that we're on. But yeah, Palace away is 
is probably at this point one, one of the one of the toughest games that you could have outside of the the big six, if you like. But um, yeah, I think I think we've we've got to win, haven't we? Like we just said, I'm so used to it now that anything less than three <laughs> points, and I'm going to be depressed again. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just used to winning every week uh, in, in that regard. Just had an interesting comment there in, on YouTube, Stephen Spencer saying, if Palace give us 72% of the ball, which United had against them last week, we will have too much class. And I suppose that's sort of what you feel about this Everton side at the moment, isn't it? You know, in the past, you could maybe see them have that much of the ball and not necessarily do anything with it. But the plays we've got now, it, it feels like if you give us the ball around the 18-yard box, then the chances and goals are going to come. Yeah, they are. They're always going to come. And that's something that's that's so refreshing to see. I mean, the West Brom game as well, the same, you know, to go behind, get level, go ahead, be pegged back again. Um, and it always felt like we were going to get a goal. You know, there's that patience in play. They build up the moves. They keep possession. There's a lot of passing involved. And ultimately, they build a goal. And, and, and we see that we see that happening. And, and that's something that I think is different now there's that patience and even yesterday when you know the the mistakes that led to giving Fleetwood a sort of look back into the game yeah it was a, a bit unnerving and a bit worrying at times because we're so used to how the psyche of the team has been but yeah it's like if we've got if we know we've got the ball we know we've got the the players in there to be able to create the chances and when you've got Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and even players like Moise Keane if he was to come in you know Everyone seems to be in good form, feeling confident. So you've got hammers in there, spraying passes all over the place, not doing any sprints and just picking out <laughs> these amazing balls and, and creating chances. And yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I think we, if we play our game right and we play our game well and stick to it, there'll be opportunities, be clinical, put them away. And I, and I think we could leave uh, the capital happy again. Uh, just before we get into some questions from our viewers on YouTube, I've got two very quick questions for, for, for all of you here. So just one word slash one line answers. Uh, first one, would you take a draw on Saturday, Mike? No. Go and win. Sorry. Go and win. Sarah? No, not a chance. And, uh, what's the score going to be, Mike? 2-0. To Everton? Yeah. Sorry. 2-0 to Everton. Sarah? I'm going to go... 2-1, Everton. There we go. That's uh, great when everyone's feeling positive, isn't it? Uh, really, really Do you know what? It. Do you know what? I'm what? learning from Dave Downey here. Oh, wow. Positivity? Yeah, That's I'm going to do it. No way. Like, we, we, like, we, we are through the looking glass here, aren't we? <laughs> I, I'm going to do it. And you know what? Even if they don't win, ah, well, but it's about positivity now. We're going to win. We're going to go there. And we are going to win. These are our points and we want them. They've got our <laughs> points. <laughs> SMDA. <laughs> Alice have got our points. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, just one, one question uh, that I thought was interesting. Uh, I saw on, on YouTube there just very quickly. Um, from the Brain TV, it said, What do you make of Moise Keane's lack of enthusiasm after his goal? Uh, one of those things I'm not being too much into. I mean, I'll throw it out to you guys. I mean, if he. Does, if he doesn't celebrate like that in inverted commas, if he, if, you know, if he gives it the big one on a knee slide and starts giving it loads, everyone's going to go, what a dickhead, he's celebrating a, the fifth goal in the last minute against a, a lower league team. I mean, it just feels like he can't really win at the moment. No, I no totally, he can't. No. Sorry, sorry, you go on, Mike. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I totally agree. And I, I, I think I've seen the comments. Mike, it might have been new last night about... Um, the, uh, was it a Chelsea player who scored a hat-trick last night? And when he, when he scored this hat-trick, is 
He wasn't Habits, saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, Richarlison didn't really yeah. celebrate too much when he scored his two goals, so well, I'm not, I don't read too much into it. Yeah, I think he's probably frustrated as well, isn't he, that he's not really getting, you know, he, he signed for Everton, everyone's really excited and we've got all these high hopes and stuff and he's not been getting the game time that he would have hoped for. And yeah, he's he's not, I'd be surprised to see him giving it the big in, in games like that. With all due respect, that's no disrespect to Fleetwood or, or Salford, but he's probably, you know, he's not going to be pleased that he's not starting, I'd imagine. And yeah, I don't mind seeing that. He's still putting the ball in the back of the net, isn't he? So as long as he's he's doing that, then uh, happy days. And hopefully we can see him doing some of the, the more exquisite celebrations when, you know, <laughs> he scores winners in derbies and things throughout the season. <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to be doing the woe, is he, Mike, scoring the, the last goals against uh, Salford and Fleetwood? Well, he, might have, he might have last season, to be honest with you, because he ended up with, I think it was a goal every 550 minutes or something like that, whereas on now he is actually scoring a goal every 50 minutes. So he doesn't need to do the woe every time he scores this time. It's a bit, bit clearer cut, isn't it? Maybe last does, season. Doesn't want to wear it out. Well, that's it. And you know what? What, I, what I'm seeing from him is determination more than a lack of enthusiasm or interest. I think it goes back to the Salford game when he just stood on the penalty spot and was like, no, this is mine now. I'm going to put this in. I'm going to score because that's what I do. I score goals. Same there. Chance comes to him. Yeah, I'm going to score this. Yeah, scored because I score goals. I'm fine with that. Just be determined. Do your job. Score your goals. Have a smile if you want to have a smile. If you don't, don't. It's one of them. <laughs> Maybe he needs yeah. to spend more time with Dave Darley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that Dave Dave Downey Moise Key in the pub for an hour change both of the lives change both of the lives what a podcast that'd be what a podcast that'd be <laughs> Dave, Dave coming out doing the well after he's had a couple of uh, lager shandies yeah uh, so I think we'd all all quite like to see love that uh, but, yeah uh, we are we have run out of time today yeah, just a couple of things before we finish uh, the guys are kitted out have, have sent me a message today in regard to sure everybody who's who's followed us and stuff, seeing the, the tweets they've been doing. They're looking at getting an Everton mural somewhere in the city and trying to raise £5,000 to, to do it. And they're only 500 quid away from their goal now. So if anyone can, has got anything to spare, I know it's hard for people, uh, given the, the circumstances. But if you want to see a bit more of an Everton presence in the city, uh, it's kitted out one on Twitter and you can donate there and have a look at the good work those guys are doing um, as well so do go and check that out and like I said if you've got any any money to spare uh, why not fling it their way uh, just a, another couple of other bits as well um, obviously Palace at the weekend over on Blue Room Extra I spoke to the HLTCO uh, accounts down from over there um, about Palace and what's going on this weekend that's over on Blue Room Extra if you want to hear a bit more from us it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra a lot of new content going on there at the moment as well and one thing I should say which I never say actually on this we've had a lot of new people listening to us recently do us a favour and give us a review on iTunes um, preferably a five star one if, <laughs> if, you know, if you don't like us don't give us a one star <laughs> but in the same breath don't give us a free star either who, who gives a podcast a free star rating you know it's alright but I'm keeping listening give us a nice review give us a nice rating all that sort of thing um, if, if you can it may seem trivial uh, but it does help. And the same on YouTube as well. Subscribe, bottom right-hand corner as you're watching this, and click the thumbs up if you like it. If you don't like it, thumbs down. 
courses ever. But uh, yeah, thanks very much to everyone for listening. Sorry for all the admin at the end. At the end, uh, um, a better host spreads it out than they throughout the course of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm just so excited to speak about the topics at the moment. Uh, didn't mind to do it. But thanks very much to Mike, Shai, and Sarah. That has been your weekly. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Sports Social Podcast Network.